0: Hey guys, welcome to the last episode of January. Can you believe it? All month we've been talking about being brave, being brave enough to believe with my dad last week, stepping out of our comfort zone with Mary Snyder, putting our yes on the table with Jen Hand. And then today I'm sitting down with Dr. Sasha Shilkut to talk about brave boundaries. After saying yes every day to every ask, to every need, to every responsibility, and to everyone, Dr. Sasha Shilcut reached her breaking point. Externally, she was successful, an anesthesiologist, a wife, a mother, a tenured professor, a sister, and a friend, the yes woman to anything and everything. But she was exhausted, overcommitted, and empty. She decided out of necessity to radically change her approach to everyday life. So in today's conversation, Dr. Sasha shares insights from her new book, Brave Boundaries, Strategies to Say No, Stand Strong, and Take Control of Your Time. She helps us move from simply surviving to thriving. So lean in for this amazing conversation with Dr. Sasha Shilkut. Hey friends, welcome to the Make Life Matter podcast. I'm Angela Donatio, and each week I share compelling conversations with leading voices. They encourage us to ground our worth in the word instead of the narrative of the world. Together, we'll make our lives matter no matter what. Here's this week's episode. All right, guys, welcome back to the podcast. And if you are wondering how you can set new boundaries for yourself, stop feeling tired, overcome burnout, you are in the right place. I have been reading my guest book and having just started graduate school, it has not come at a more perfect time in my life. So welcome, Dr. Sasha. I'm so honored to have you here today.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat all about this. Good stuff.
0: Well, you're working us in at work. You just released the book a couple weeks ago. So we're so grateful to have you here. And you're really just an expert in a number of areas, but I kind of want to drill down today on why women seem to have such a hard time with boundaries. And you say that women are taught to say yes. And then we just deal with this myriad of emotions when we say no. I like this way that you worded this. If you you do not set your boundaries, someone will be happy to set them for you. (laughs) And you're transparent about the fears that you even had when you sat down with your husband, Lance, and said, okay, wait a minute, I... I got to do this differently. So you kind of had a watershed moment of how that was birthed. And then now how you're teaching us how we need to establish boundaries, what you call radical life-saving boundaries. And I loved that because that really uh, puts some weight and gravity behind this. So can you take us back to that kind of moment in your own life where you realized, wait a minute, something has to shift and change?
1: Yeah. So for me, that Moment really came in 2013 when I had four children under the age of seven, and I was very busy in my career as a cardiac anesthesiologist. And I was speaking all over the country, and I thought I had, you know, this really great career that I was in my brain. I was like, well, this is always what I wanted, right? I have a great career, I have a great family, I'm married to a great human being. All these things are great, but inside, I. Was not so great uh, because I was saying yes to everyone and everything, thinking that that was how I would be successful mm. and I would be liked. And I think oftentimes we confuse as women this importance of being a servant and serving others and doing for others. And we can just become addicted to that. Mm. It feeds our ego, it makes us feel like other people like us, that we're needed and important. But if you're doing that at the cost of your own physical health or your own mental health, you're really not doing the right thing by, by your creator or who, whoever it is that you think you're serving. Um, and so for me, it was a really low place of burnout and I had to learn how to set boundaries just to survive. I didn't want to work as a doctor anymore, despite having 30 years of of work and schooling and education towards that goal. I wanted to give it up. Um, I felt like I was failing as a parent. I felt like I was failing as a spouse and, I was just miserable and I had such low energy or the ability to actually say no, that it was harder to say no than it was to say yes. Mm. So I just kept letting everything pile up because I didn't have the energy to say no to people or to explain boundaries to people. So through that um, is really how I started my company and really how I started developing boundaries. And I recognized like... This is actually so unhealthy to live this way, to be a woman that says yes to everybody. It's it's not doing the service that I think in my mind that I'm doing. I'm actually just stroking my own ego by making everybody happy and pleased with me, Mm. but not being there for my own health.
0: Mm, it's really powerful. In fact, you say in the book that when men say no, they're respected, but when women say no, we're rejected. And <laughs> yeah. I underline that maybe more than once. And I just kind of sat with that for a minute, like, why is that the case, and how have we gotten here? And there's a lot of sociological, cultural, societal, and this is this podcast is listened to in over 100 countries, so. But, I imagine no matter where you're listening, you 're listening, you found some nuance of this to be true in your own life, and so Dr. Sasha has landed on some really practical principles that we need to to not only look at it 's awareness of it. i mean you you had a real almost crisis the moment where you thought I, like you said, survival, I have to do this differently." Why, why are you actually say boundaries, like yuck, like why are boundaries so like they have such a bad name. And I, I come from, you know, you come from the, med, the medical field. I come from, you know, the church world and ministry were, and I'm a pastor's wife, Dr. Sasha and a pastor. So you can just keep adding on and adding on of, Oh, I can't say no to them. And I can't say no to them. And if I say no to them, they're going to be offended or hurt. It's been a lifelong journey of managing other people's expectations. And maybe that's even the wrong word, managing. You might give me a better counsel than that. But why have we come to see boundaries having such a bad name? Is it that we're just so afraid of people's reactions when we set them?
1: Well, I think, you know, historically, the word boundary has really been Around toxicity or negative things. So when wow. we use the word boundary, we're thinking of maybe a toxic relationship or a toxic work environment or, you know, things to keep us safe and to keep the bad out. Mm. But I have learned that boundaries keep the good in. Right, And I think we have to reframe and have a a mindset shift where we go, you know what? I'm not going to think of a boundary as anything other than courageous and kind. Mm -hmm. And I know that everyone is expecting me because I'm a woman to say yes. In fact, we get asked and we know this, there's studies. I've published a study on this. Women in the workplace get asked to do things that don't result in pay more than men. So it's something called citizenship tasks, things that, you know, kind of have to get going to keep the church going, or keep the business going, or keep the home going. But it's like an unsaid rule that a woman is going to do those things. And men aren't even asked to do those things. So they don't even have to say no. So it's interesting, because I think that we have to realize that boundaries are not a bad thing. They're kind, they're actually really allow people to see what is truly in us, our hearts, like our priorities. Mm -hmm. So when you say no to somebody, you're just being transparent. You're not letting them down. You're not disappointing them. You're just being transparent about what your priorities are or what your capacity is. But we're so afraid as women that we're going to be seen as weak or we're going to offend somebody or we're going to be seen as the person who can't do it or doesn't show up that we just press down our burnout, press down our overwhelm, and we just keep over committing and over functioning, which leads to a lot of bad things as, mm-hmm. as we know.
0: Yeah. Stress and even physical ailments, yes. mental health, mm-hmm. so many restrained relationships, it just goes on and on. And you want this concept of, oh, let's show up, keep showing up for life. And we do, but what you're speaking to is in a healthy, the healthiest context. In fact, I'm I'm forgetting the reference. But there's a scripture that says your boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places, meaning God sets up boundaries for our protection Mm -hmm. and our health. And so to live outside of those limitations and our own limitations, it's just, it's, 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 um, inviting danger Mm -hmm. into our, in our life. And so it's not. Uh, a non-biblical thing or a non-healthy thing is actually the healthiest format of showing up in the way that God has called us to be, which you talk about in the book. Let's be the women that God has called us to be. I deal with so many women, Dr. Sasha, that feel shackled by comparison, feeling like they have to be somebody else. And so underneath that is fear. I'm not enough. I have to do more. So I just so appreciate you kind of just setting this the record straight. This is the way it is you know, and how do we move from where we currently are to what we need to be? So you talk about first, we need this awareness that a boundary is needed. So we're kind Mm -hmm. of establishing that we need boundaries. They're healthy, they're wise, and we need the energy to enforce it. So let's just say we get a boundary. (laughs) Yeah, We're laughing because yeah, that's where kind of it all falls apart. We make our (laughs) list of boundaries that I'm going to do this and this is not going to happen anymore. And then like 10 minutes later, somebody needs this and we're like, okay, you know, Mm -hmm. so Basically, if it feels overwhelming to fully dive in the awareness and the energy requires stamina, you talk about Mm -hmm. that stamina we need, or we may not have it. So what small steps would you encourage us, especially men or women could be listening to just take on this journey toward healthy boundaries. If Even if it feels overwhelming to set a boundary, what are some small steps that we can take?
1: I love this question because anybody can set a boundary. You don't have to be a certain personality type or or a leader to set a boundary. Um, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, you lead yourself every day when you get out of bed and put your feet on the ground. So you're a leader of one and anyone can learn how to set boundaries. The biggest thing that you have to understand are what your priorities are. Because boundaries allow you to take your priorities and match your calendar. So one of the things that I always have people do is I'll say, okay, where do we, you know, people get so overwhelmed when I'm coaching them. Like, where do I start? Well, what are your priorities? And they'll say, well, my my family, or I like to work out every day, or I want to make sure I have, you know, three dinners at home with my family a week or whatever. And I'll say, well, what does your calendar look like? And their calendar is stacked with things that don't actually reflect their, ba- their priorities at all, like mm-hmm. aren't even on there. And I'll say, well, why are you doing this? Well, so-and-so asked me or, well, I've done it for five years or, well, I always do that for this person or that. Mm-hmm. And I'm- And then we go through imagining what it would be like to set a boundary and to say no. Mm-hmm. And we actually go through a little practice of it because mm-hmm. most people, all these feelings come up. Yeah. that are tied to setting this boundary. And I'll say, well, why, why do you feel anxious? Or why do you think that that's going to happen? Or they're going to blacklist you, or they're going to yell at you, or they're going to. And so we kind of go through this. Um, and I talk about this in the book, like how to do this exercise. Because most of the time, the story that we've told ourselves in our head is much worse than the actual setting of the boundary that's itself. Good. Yeah, And so it's a really good exercise to do.
0: So let's talk about maybe moms that are listening. Uh, I just finished a series on parenting. This is a series on body, mind, soul, being healthy in every way. So if I have moms, especially younger girls, maybe, maybe they're not even married yet. And we're just not nailing this yet. We're just not getting a handle on it. Maybe expectations are being imposed on us. How can we begin to model brave boundaries and help our daughters, our granddaughters, those that are mentoring the next generation? How can we help them, especially Dr. Sasha, if we didn't get it right, or if we're realizing, oh my goodness, I'm just kind of passing down what I've learned and what I adopted as unhealthy behaviors. What advice do you have for mothers or young girls who find themselves struggling with boundaries?
1: So I think that this time in your life, I think I wish somebody would have told me about this when I was a young mother, because I don't think there was a more exhausting time of my life than yeah. being a young mother. Yeah. And I wish people would have told me that it was okay to say no hmm. and that it was okay to cancel and change my plans that day
0: Ooh. because
1: you're, we just don't do that. Like that's just unacceptable in our world. And yet we have this expectation that like our kids are never going to get sick. They're always going to sleep the same amount of time every night, that nothing is going to, everything's going to go the same. Our car's never going to get break down. You know, we're never going to have a pipe break or anything. So we think, Oh, I'm a person who always shows up for everything. I never cancel anything. One of the ways, the biggest things that I counsel young mothers is I say every Sunday or Saturday, whatever day you want to pick, I want you to put aside 30 minutes for yourself to look forward at your week and to plan emergency time blocks. And they're like, what? And I'm like, Oh yes, this is what you're going to do. You're going to look forward and have the courage to set boundaries and actually cancel things. If you look at your week and go this week, by Thursday it will be out of control and I will have had no sleep or no time for myself or no space for myself. And I have women do this and they literally look at me like I, I, I can't do that. Like I can't let this person down or I can't uh, withdraw from this commitment or I can't say no to this volunteer thing, or I can't say I'm not going to go to this, my kids get practice or whatever. And I'm like, but you, you can, and you must. Right. And so once women start setting boundaries, this amazing things happened, They're like, Oh, I, I can do this. Like I have the confidence to do this and I have permission to do this. So especially to young moms it is such a hard, challenging time of your life that is so dynamic every day. It's something different. Yeah. Give yourself emergency space built in, in your week and permission to say no.
0: That's so good. I heard the word margin, as you were saying that it's like creating intentional margin. We have margins in our paper, but we see women and men who just don't live with any margin in their life. They, they bleed all the way out to the edge of the page. And so then when something happens, it's not, if it's just when then you have no available margin to draw from. And then we just run on E we have soul fatigue. We're not flourishing. Everything just starts to doubt. We're crabby, we're irritable. And I'm sure you teach people to recognize those signs of, okay, wait a minute. I'm, I'm starting to, to be kind of edgy and on edge. And, and with everyone that I know, um, you know, I was talking to someone a couple of weeks ago, Dr. Sasha and They were just struggling in a situation but they said well she just can't make changes that was what the the comment was made about a third party the word can't was used and i said no she actually can and i said and we either make changes or we make excuses Hmm. but but we're not going to make both so it's kind of like an awareness oh i just can't i can't well you actually can like just yesterday I canceled dinner with someone because I knew that I, I I just started my grad program. I'm trying to get a new rhythm. I don't know how long it's going to take me to read a particular book or do a paper or find my resources. I just haven't gotten into that new rhythm yet. So it's a, it's a learning curve.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
0: I had my normal calendar but here comes grad school. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. Some stuff has to shift around. So I texted a friend and I just said, I know we have dinner on the calendar, but I will not be bringing my best self to the table. Mm -hmm. If we, if we do this tonight, I said, if I could move that out a week or two, um, I just want to feel more rested and feel more engaged. And so, you know, Lisa Turker says that our no protects your best. Yes. Yes. But it just sounds great on paper, but it's just really hard to do. So that's why your title Brave Boundaries, there's bravery, there's courage, as you just said, Mm -hmm. involved in setting boundaries, but also recognizing what the cost is going to be. Yes. You know, we had a great uh, counselor many years ago, my husband, that said, you need, there's a cost to every decision. There's a cost to every decision, both positive and and negative. So, you know, like you said in the book, we're not, this is not neutral. We're not neutral to this. So no we have to look at the cost of not setting a boundary, not being healthy. So in that context, you use the phrase just enough brave. Mm -hmm. So what does it mean for you when you tell us to be just enough brave?
1: Yes. So oftentimes we are so overwhelmed or we find ourselves overcommitted or burned out or like you right before this, you know, looking forward and going, Oh my goodness, I'm not going to be able to bring my best self. that. We just get overwhelmed and discouraged because we are not where we think we should be or not strong enough to do what we should be able to do. And I love to say you just need to be just enough brave, Mm. just enough brave for that day to show up as your authentic self. And when you called your friend and said, can we reschedule dinner because I'm not going to be my best? That was courageous. Mm. You know, the easier thing to do to avoid conflict or avoid any icky 20 seconds of brave. I say, you got to find 20 seconds of brave. <laughs> I love that. To set the boundary. You know, that you were so courageous in doing that. You found your 20 seconds of brave. And you know what? I bet that friend is still your friend. Yes. I bet she still cares for you and is going to look just as forward to seeing you at dinner. So we oftentimes don't realize that we just need to be just enough brave for that moment. Mm. And Brave enough to accept 20 seconds of discomfort Ooh. so that we can save ourselves, our health, our, and our well being. And mm. I have learned that I want to show up fully for people. When mm. someone asks me to speak, I do a lot of public speaking. If I've given three talks that week and I'm exhausted, and they're the third person, their the third group I'm speaking to, I'm not bringing my A game. I may be grumpy, behind, tired, exhausted. So I personally have a boundary. I only speak at maximum twice a month and I only travel once a month. That's my own personal speaking boundary. And what that allows me to do is when, you know, next week I'm going to go out of town to speak and I'm like excited to do that because I haven't done it in a month. I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not exhausted. I have clear boundaries that I've set for myself and they're going to get the full Sasha. So I think we underestimate how often we show up at 50 percent or not really wanting to even be there. You know, how often do we volunteer for things or we show up to events or birthday parties or whatever? We don't even want to be there. Why do we think we have to go? You know, it's crazy. Well,
0: and we have a lot of of good, but good can be enemy at best. As you said that, and I just want to, this is maybe just purely selfish, but I want to understand why I felt the way I felt. And I'm sure I'm not the only person that felt it. So I'll give you an example. I get a last minute invitation through Instagram this week to attend an event. It was an honor to be invited. I would love to go, but I know full well I do not have the margin. That's the language I use for myself. Mm-hmm. I leave Monday on an, an overseas trip for a week. It's ministry, it's missions. I'm speaking, like you just said, I'm speaking four times. I need wow. to sit in my. Ma- I've, I've, I've spoken these messages before, but not to these women. So I want to sit in that again and I want to have some prayer time. And I have other obligations that are deadlines before I can leave Monday morning. So this invitation, albeit wonderful, came late and came, you know, it's two hours drive for me one way. That means basically 10 hours In order to go there, be at the event and come home. And I really wrestled with that. Like part of me wanted to be there and the other part of me knew this is a terrible, terrible decision that will come with a really hefty price tag. But you, like you said, the 20 seconds, I literally agonized over getting to that 20 second point of of (laughs) typing that little Instagram DM to say, I am so deeply honored by your invitation. But but I can't go, but why did I, why do I feel bad? Number one, the invitation was late. It was last minute. So why do we take on kind of these, I don't even know what to call them, but these.
1: It's the expectation of yes. And that's what we, it's just part of our society and how we've been conditioned. So it's not an Angela thing. It's not a Sasha thing. It's like all of us feel this way as women, we have been taught that. We should be obedient. Being obedient has gotten us gold stars. Mm. We wait to raise our hand. It works for us in elementary school. You know, I love the quote uh, that says, if the world was in elementary school, women would rule it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because we are, we win the gold stars in elementary school, right? Like we're- They're
0: usually like, would someone else like to raise their hand besides Sasha? <laughs> <Angela>? Anyone else? <laughs> Boys in the back row? Anybody? <laughs> yeah, they're
1: they're like wrestling and they're know, not even right? paying attention, Right. <laughs> So like girls so do true. so well because we're obedient. And so mm. what happens is we just think being saying yes equals obedience. Yeah. And we have to realize like you going there and, and overstretching yourself, mm. you would not be showing up in the mission that you have planned for this next week. That's, so That's not, so being obedient oh. is actually saying no, you know? And so I have to, I always have to tell myself, like, I have to set, re, separate, separate, an ask from a yes, because mm-hmm. I used to think, Oh my gosh, but they're asking me to do this. They'll never ask me again, or this is a really big deal, or this is an honor. Mm-hmm. And now I go, Oh, that's a compliment. That's great. But it has nothing to do with whether the answer is yes or no. Wow. Right. So, so
0: separate the merit of the ask, the, yes. the gratitude you have for the ask. Yes. Yes. from Your obligation To say yes. yes. That's so insightful because what I said is, please keep me in mind for the next time that you do this. I really would love to do that. But that was my way of kind of saying, like, you gave me two days' notice, like, no offense, but I can't switch my whole schedule in 48 hours, nor should we feel obligated to. So that's really helpful. There's nothing wrong with, you know, and sometimes there are last minute asks that work into our schedule and we drop everything and say, oh, I can actually do that today. Sure. And I think the opposite of this could be true. And then I want to ask about your, um, you you mentioned starting your organization. I'm going to ask about that in just a second, but I can sense as you're saying that Dr. Sasha, that the opposite could be true, that women could then shut down and say, yes, say yes to nothing, you know, because Mm -hmm. we just don't want to even get into the game. We don't know how to set a boundary. So we're so afraid. We don't know if we could say no when it came to it that we just don't ever put ourselves into the mix. Have you encountered that as your coach
1: as well? Absolutely. And this is where what women a lot of times will do. And I coach a lot of women through their different career stages. Will they will just avoid putting themselves out there because they don't want to say no. Mm -hmm. They don't Saying no is so scary for them that they'll never put themselves out there to ever say yes. So they're like, well, I don't want to do that because. I'll have to like, I'll have to set boundaries. So it's easier to not give my gifts and talents and ideas and hold them back. And that just breaks my heart because I think women have so much to give to the world. And so what I always say is, you know, I have learned that when someone asks me to do something and it's a no instantly in my brain, because I either don't have the time or it doesn't fit with my mission of the year, or I just physically can't do it. I say no instantly. I just, I don't even let it sit in my inbox because the longer it sits in your inbox or your DM or your brain, the more likely it is to become a yes, Mm -hmm. a yes that you don't want to really do because you've now you've waited and now that person's asking you again and they're asking, now you feel bad that you haven't answered them. But the same, the same thing, like what you're saying is somebody asks you to do something and you're like, oh, I don't want to do that, but I want to do this other thing, but I don't want to put myself out there. You're the more yeses you say, the more noes you're going to have to say, because the more successful you are and the more you show up as a woman and that's okay. It's okay to say, no, you're not going to be blackballed. People aren't going to hate you. It's going to feel icky for 20 seconds. Find your 20 seconds of brave and say yes or say no, depending on what works for you.
0: Uh, so if we hear nothing else today, if we are avoiding or if we are overcommitting somewhere we don't have a boundary set and find Absolutely. our 22nd of brave. Mm-hmm. You still have to go get her book. I just summed it up into <laughs> five seconds. Yes. But that doesn't mean Please you don't get do. it. It's so, so good. It's brave boundaries. And then your business that you owned is that you created is brave enough. Mm-hmm. So how can we get involved in that? How can people get a hold of you? you yeah. um, your you're coaching, you're mentoring, you have these amazing resources. You have a first book in which you talk a lot more about the need, your own personal need and how that came Mm -hmm. about. You share a little bit of your story. So tell us a little bit about Brave Enough and how people can find you and get a hold of your resources.
1: Yeah, the best thing to do is just sign up for my Friday newsletter. I write uh, a little 30 seconds encouragement every, it takes 30 seconds to read because I know all of us are busy mamas. We don't have time to read a lot. So I send you a little encouragement every Friday. So go to becomebravenough.com and sign up. And I really have a heart to help women stay healthy. healthy and well, and have control of their time, because that's, I think what we all want. We all want to just be able to control what we do during the day and feel like we are not a slave to someone else's expectations of us or our calendars. And so I really am passionate about encouraging women to be authentic and to be themselves and learning the power of saying no.
0: I love that. And I want to ask you one last question. We talked about mothers, young moms, young girls, what about, and I'm not saying that you're not a young mother and you're not working, but let's focus for just a second on the professional women. You deal a lot with this gender inequality. Mm-hmm. Um, I deal with that a lot in Africa, work in education initiatives in Africa. So even in here in the States, we see still a tremendous amount, like you mentioned a minute ago, just the... Uh, Tell me again, the phrase, and I know I've read it too, but it's, it's, it was new for me, civil, uh, citizenship tasks, citizenship tasks. Mm-hmm. I knew of the concept, but I'd never heard it put in that context where we're just asked to do things. It happens a ton, Dr. Sasha mm-hmm. in the church. Oh, you're a wow. woman. Oh, you're a pastor's wife. Oh, well here you can do a full 40 hours <laughs> can't and, even not, imagine. and not get paid. So <laughs> right, right. You know, somebody had to first set that boundary and say, no, and now you see, uh, so many different kind of models of pastor's wives, meaning they're working full time as teachers, or they're much more capable and willing to to set their boundaries early on. Not always, and not every in denominational stream, we still have a lot of progress to make, but just for just these last moments, speak to the professional woman who feels like, listen, I'm not going to be able to get ahead in my career unless I just say yes to everything Give, give us a piece of advice and counsel to help us know how to find our courage, even as we're trying to build our career.
1: So I want to, I would say that you are going to be asked all the time to do things that will not result in pay or promotion or power because mm-hmm. you are a woman mm-hmm. and you have to have out very visually out somewhere your job description of what it is that you get paid to do Mm. and if someone approaches you with an opportunity the very next thing and you want to do it this net the next question should be i would love to do that let me know the time and resources or pay associated with it Mm. and if the answer is there are none then the answer is you are not going to do that thing because if it was important to the company or the organization, there would be those things. Wow. And so we as women have to protect our futures and we have to protect our daughter's futures. Because I want my daughter, I have three sons and one daughter. I want my daughter to be paid exactly what my sons would be yes, paid to yes, do the same job. Yes. And and I feel that that it is so important as her mother to say, I'm not going to take on unpaid work. I'm going to find my 20 seconds of courage and I'm going to say, you know, I would, I can help you. I have all those skills. I just need to know the time and energy and the money to do it. And on this flip side, if you get asked to do something that you don't want to do, you actually, there's some research to show that the more you set boundaries in the workplace, the more you are seen as a transparent, approachable person. Mm -hmm. People know where you stand. So they're not going to come back another third, fourth, fifth time and keep asking you to do something once you've set those boundaries. So you're not alone. Don't take it as a sign of weakness if you're asked to do these things, because all of us are asked to do these things because we're women and get the book, read the book. I go through how to set these boundaries in the workplace and at home. Also very important and just stay encouraged and stay in the game because we need women's brains and our, our creativity and our innovation and our leadership.
0: Yes. And all those gifts you mentioned that maybe we, we allow to lie dormant. We just don't even tap into them or or we tried and we felt like we were too much for somebody or someone took advantage of us. So we've touched on so many things. The book is Brave Boundaries. And uh, uh, Dr. Sasha is going to pray for us in just a second. But I like to ask one last question of all of my guests. And I was thinking, and we've talked this whole time, really what you're teaching women is to know their worth. And to know their value. And that's Mm -hmm. the core of what we talk about here on the podcast is to ground our worth in the word and not the narrative of the world. Mm -hmm. So just because the narrative of the world has been this does not mean that's the way we need to continue to allow the narrative to be. So know, especially if you're a woman listening, know your value, know your worth. So, Dr. Sasha, you're making your life matter in so many ways. And other than Jesus, who is that person in the Bible that inspires you? to make life matter, to, to know your worth and your value as a woman?
1: I would say easily, easily, hands down. It's Esther for me. Um, mm-hmm. I always think, especially in the pandemic, like how hard it has been for women. Mm-hmm. And yet I've never been more proud of the women that I work with and the women that I see in the pandemic. I've never seen women step up like, in, like I have in the pandemic. Wow! And I always think of Esther and, you know, the scripture that this is perhaps the time for which you have been called.
0: Yeah, that's so powerful. And I can't imagine, as you said, that we didn't even dive into this and we don't have time. But the the toll that I know these last two or three years has taken on you and your colleagues in the medical field and in, in our health care, um, we are profoundly grateful. I feel like we've both been on the front lines in different ways mm-hmm. as pastors and clergy, as healthcare, care, um, just trying to keep moving forward and do what God's called us to do uniquely the way he's called us to do it um, Mm -hmm. in, in really unprecedented challenges in our lifetime. So we recognize, and I just want to just take that moment before you pray for us, just thank you. Thank you for the way you have invested yourself. You could have just grown as a person and gone on, but you've decided to impart so much of what you've learned and studied and researched and decided to advocate for onto us. So we're so grateful. So guys, please go get the book. Brave boundaries just came out your body, your soul, your mind, your heart, your spirit will thank you and your family, your workplace will thank you em- embrace the ickness for a, <laughs> for a minute to get to that promised land of what God has called you to do and embrace that 20 seconds of courage to be, um, to be able to really flourish in God's call on your life. So thank you so much. We're so grateful you're here. And would you just pray over our listeners as we close today?
1: Yes. Dear Lord, thank you so much for just this 30 minutes that lifted my spirits. And thank you for every woman out there listening. That is just leading in her own space, in her own home or workplace, um, in her ministry, in her community, bless her, give her the courage to set brave boundaries, give her the courage to protect her own health and well-being so she can keep on doing all the things that you've called her to do in your precious name. Amen.
0: Thanks for joining the conversation. If you've been inspired to make life matter, share a review and subscribe at cpnshows.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Connect with me at angeladenadio.com, Facebook at AngelaDenadioVOV, and Instagram at AngelaDenadio. Until next week, let's make life matter.